On today's episode of the Training Peaks Coachcast, your source for the latest information about the art, science, and business of coaching. You already have a lot on your plate. As a coach, you're a physiologist, nutritionist, psychologist, motivator, scheduling expert, and even frenemy. But if you're looking to grow your business, you should consider adding marketer to that list of titles as well. Hi everyone, Dave Shell here, and on this episode of the Training Peaks Coachcast, I had the pleasure to sit down with Jen Rulon of JenRulon.com. We talked about Jen's tips for getting yourself out there, finding new athletes, and taking a leap of faith to turn your hobby into a viable business. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Training Peaks Coachcast. I'm your host, Dave Shell, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Jen Rulon. Jen is a triathlon coach with over 16 years of experience and owner of JenRulon.com. Jen, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Dave. I appreciate it. So before we get into it, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself in your own words? Sure. I am... Well, on the athlete side, I'm a 14-time Ironman triathlete. I made it to Kona. It was a 28-year-old dream, so I was very focused to get to Kona, and that was in 2017. Um, As a coach, I've been coaching, gosh, I got my USAT certification in 2001, and then I was coaching triathletes more as a hobby, and then uh, when the full-time job started to become an actual job and I wasn't enjoying it as much, I really realized that I wanted to take my coaching to a different level. And so I went back to school at the age of 39 and nice. um, received, yeah, received my master's in kinesiology at University of Texas, San Antonio. And it was an emphasis in exercise science because as a triathlete, I knew what was going on. I knew how to apply things. But as a coach, I wanted to know the why. And so that's why I went back to school. And then in, um, and then I graduated. And then when I, when I graduated, I was at a point where I was applying for jobs and I was doing all this stuff. And then I realized I was like, oh my gosh, like none of these jobs are fitting my description because I need to start my own company, and that's when I started GenRulon.com. Really, the reason I wanted to have you on today is to focus more on the business side of coaching, which I know that a lot of our coaches listening maybe don't focus too much on that, or it might be something scary. And more specifically, the marketing and kind of social media marketing aspect of that. So you attended the Endurance Coaching Summit back in 2017, and at that time... um, you heard a lot of coaches talking about marketing and those sorts of things. And you kind of had an epiphany at that point. Is that correct? I did. I did. I was, uh, it was interesting. I was sitting there and it was, it was Joe Friel and he was up on the you know platform and people were asking him, how, how did you get out there? And he's like, I went to running clubs. I went to, uh, I wrote articles in the newspaper and, it was just it was just funny because it's like, well, we really don't have those newspapers as much as, <laughs> it, as we used to anymore, right? And it was it was it was a, a common question that everybody was asking. How do you get yourself out there as a coach? And I, that light bulb came on, and I realized that I wanted to start helping coaches um, understand about how to market themselves and how to brand themselves. 
Gotcha. And a, and a big part of that is having an online presence. Is that correct? One, yes, that is very correct. And yeah, and I think a lot of people as coaches, a lot of people don't like that self-promotion, but that is what you need to do. I mean, you could go out and hire somebody, but whoever's going to do the best of your self-promotion is you as the coach. And so you have, sort of have to be reckless out there. You have to throw yourself out there and be that coach, be that athlete, be that person that you want to be and those people that you want to attract to you as you're coaching. So when you were first starting out, um, getting yourself out there, are there mm -hmm. did you make any mistakes that um, uh, you kind of learned from that helped you refine your process going forward? 100%. Yeah, of course I made mistakes. Uh, I think that's the best way to learn, right? I, You know, the very first thing that I tell clients that I work with or coaches that I work with is that you really want to find your specific niche. And what I was doing when I first started, I was doing everything and anything to make a dollar. So I was, you know, I was coaching uh, CrossFit classes. Yes, I drank the Kool-Aid. I did CrossFit back in the days. Um, I was coaching CrossFit classes. And then I was teaching at uh, Texas A&M in San Antonio. And then I was teaching um, pose method running courses. And along with one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I was doing all of this stuff, but I was sort of half-assing all of it. And right. there was no money coming into the bank because I didn't have time to really focus on the one thing that I'm good at, and that was coaching triathletes. And when, once I got really specific with who I wanted to coach, then everything came into place. And I, I feel like as a new coach, that's... It's it's kind of, I don't know if scary is the right word, but you almost have this feeling that you, you can't turn anybody down. And so anytime yeah. you get a lead, you feel like you need to coach that person. And so it's scary to yeah. turn somebody away. Um, but would you say that sometimes it's important that maybe you're not a good fit and that you do need to be a little bit more selective with that? That is exactly it. I think, you know, I've gotten to a point where I do an interview process before I bring somebody on, before I take their credit card. Because I don't want to, I don't want to pick the wrong person that's for me, and I don't want the athlete to have a wrong coach either. And um, you know, I think some some of the clients that I've worked with or coaches that I've worked with recently, like I've told them, I go, you have to stop saying yes to everything because <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get burned out quick. And that's what happened to me. I got burned out real quick. And I and I know that this really the focus of this is to talk about the marketing, but I just want to ask one more question here. Is I another common kind of mistake I see with coaches is they undervalue their time almost, and so you uh, end up coaching. Let's say you're coaching ten people for a hundred dollars a month or a hundred and fifty dollars yeah. a month, and it's like if you would have said no to a few of them, maybe you could have coached five people for two hundred dollars each a month. Yes, and it's it's interesting because when I was Starting off in my business, I was, it was the same thing. I was, you know, nickel and diamond, everything. I was like, oh, I'll just do that for free or I'll do that or I'll do that. But then once I broke it down and I actually looked up, look at my return of investment, I realized I was like, you know what? I can just go work at Starbucks and make a lot more money and get a pound of coffee a week. <laughs> right. 
you know, so, I mean, I think, and if you break it down, if you look at 150 bucks a month for $30 or I'm sorry, for 30 days, that's five bucks a day. And I think a lot of people don't realize that their knowledge is power, but it's also, you know, there's a price tag to it too, because if you have that master's degree or something, it's worth a lot. Right. And that's, it's, sometimes it's hard for a coach to put a price tag on that because it's not tangible, but you're absolutely right. And what we see a lot of times here um, at Training Peaks is in the beginning, a new athlete or an athlete that's new to working with a coach, in the beginning, they're just window shopping and comparing prices. And it might be scary to price yourself higher. But what we found is that over time, athletes start to see the value in that experience and those coaches um, that have been coaching longer and have more expertise. And so mm-hmm. coaches definitely shouldn't be afraid to value that, correct? Correct. Correct. And athletes will start realizing how valuable a coach is once they pay for a little bit lesser value coach versus somebody that's a little bit more experienced. They'll see, they'll, they'll, they'll see the difference. That's a great point. So. Now let's get back to marketing. Um, sure. I think as you as you said when you were at the endurance coaching summit, the thing you kept hearing is how do you get you started? How do you get yourself out there? So right now there's so many different things you could do, right? Mm-hmm. And a, as you said, there, sometimes the biggest challenge is deciding what to do. So right. do you have any tips? Like what are some of the highest returns on investment for a coach to focus on? Um, first and foremost, get on social media. I know a lot of people, a lot of coaches may think it's scary. They don't have time, but that is free marketing. That is you getting out there on a platform that's going to help you grow your business and grow your brand. And the key thing that I tell people is pick two social media outlets. Don't feel like you have to be on every social media outlet out there because there's a lot. (laughs) right uh yeah but definitely pick the two social media outlets and then always provide value to your followers that are starting to follow you on social media and i was just going to comment that that's one of the biggest mistakes that i made and i was just trying to do everything and i was posting very infrequently and one thing i've kind of heard is that it's better to post regularly um, in one area rather than posting infrequently across multiple areas. Is that yes. accurate? Yes, 100%. I think here's the thing. Instagram is probably one of the biggest social media platforms that's out there. I think there's over a billion people on there. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure it's up there and it's going to get bigger. And so if people are not on Instagram or Facebook, you know, and, and posting consistently, then you're going to start to get lost in the feed and in the hoopla of everybody else posting as well. So yeah, it's all about the consistency. I have to admit, I'm not as consistent on Facebook, um, but, but I haven't seen the return of investment on Facebook like I have on Instagram. And, and I want to come back to that, but before we do, sure. um, you had mentioned, so first you said choose two platforms. The second thing you said is always provide value. And and what do you mean by that? Yeah. um, When I say provide value, you want to look at how you, you want to educate your followers, but you want to also entertain your followers. So you're providing free content. You're providing free tips. 
you are providing free access to your brain as a coach to your to your potential clients. Those people that are following you are your potential clients that you can be coaching in the next two or three months. There's a a, a saying out there in the online space. It's that no like and trust factor. People need to get to know who you are as a coach. Then they get to they need to like you. And then once they do that, they can actually start trusting you and thinking, hey, this coach is really cool. Maybe I'll look into them and start working with them. That's great. I like that. No like and trust factor. You got it. Yep. And I don't know who came up with that. There's somebody out there in the online space came up with that. <laughs> but I did we'll credit not. We'll credit yeah. you with it. Just take uh, thanks. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have to admit that I, I'm pretty surprised that you found that Instagram is one of the highest returns on investment because for at least the way I interact with Instagram, I'm just scrolling through looking at pictures and liking pictures. So with that, how how do you find that Instagram differs from Facebook or Twitter in allowing you to connect with that potential customer? Instagram, I feel, is that you could tell a story. You could, and this is what I you said. I suggest you tell a story. You share, um, you share an idea. You share a motivational quote. But then, why does that motivational quote inspire you? Like to me. Instagram is all about the photo, but they're also about the story behind that photo. Facebook, I think there's a lot of things out there that um, can get lost in space, you know, on Facebook. And then Twitter, I think I'm on Twitter and it's actually really hard to maintain because there's just tweets coming up left and right. Um, so I feel like Instagram, I I mean, here's the thing. I have athletes, I've received athletes from Mexico, Sweden, New York, Canada, California, all based on Instagram. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were recently named one of the most popular coaching companies on Instagram. Is that correct? I was. I was. Yes. It was the multi-sport research company. Yeah. Pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. So aside from Instagram, is there mm-hmm. any other platforms? I like. So we talked about Twitter. We've talked about Facebook. Do you ever dabble in LinkedIn at all? You know, I do jump on LinkedIn. I will post something once a week on LinkedIn, just saying, you know, maybe it's my blog of the week. Maybe it's something that I've talked about over the years. But yes, I will post on LinkedIn. I am definitely not as active on LinkedIn. But what I will do is um, I do a lot of automation. And when I say automate, I will go in on the beginning of the month on Monday, and I will upload three or four posts on LinkedIn, I will upload posts on Twitter, and I'll upload on some of my Facebook groups. And so then they automatically upload and I don't have to do anything about it. At least so I'm out there and people know, oh, every Wednesday, Jen's going to post on LinkedIn or every, you know, every day, Jen's going to post on Twitter. What is she going to talk about today? So it sounds like you kind of set aside or scheduled some social media time. I sure do. Did you say that that's weekly or monthly that you're doing that? For LinkedIn, for my Facebook groups, it's, it's monthly. For Twitter, it's, I usually try to tweet about five times a day. 
Um, so yeah, so that's usually about, uh, that's usually about a weekly thing I'll do, but, but the cool thing about Twitter is, um, I will use a, um, a program called buffer and I will actually follow trading peaks and I will take some of your guys's posts and retweet them just because people don't want to hear what I have to say all the time. So I want to take stuff from experts such as Training Peaks, Iron Man, whatever that might be that is out there that will help other coaches and other athletes of of talking. So I tweet I tweet a lot of your guys' stuff. So sometimes you're so with Instagram you're posting a picture or maybe it's a video of doing an exercise or something like that. But you had mentioned a blog. Um and it sounds like some of these things you might have to have content. And so right. do you have any recommendations as far as creating content? What should a coach focus on? How frequently? And do you see a good return on that? Yeah, good questions. So here's the thing about social media. Social media is a great tool for athletes or your potential clients to go back to your website to see what you are all about. On your website needs to be your blog needs to talk about your services and what you provide, needs to talk about maybe your team that you have running. So social media needs to go back to your website. That's the key about social media because I think a lot of people will post on social media just sort of haphazardly and not really connect the two to post about the blog. When you're looking at whether it's blogging, whether it's talking, you know, being on a podcast or whatever, athletes or I'm sorry, coaches need to do what's best for them. When you're starting, and this is what I tell my potential, this is what I tell my clients that I work with is that when you are starting out, like building your business, building your brand, look at blogging one time a month or twice a month. Because if you start overdoing it, then the quality is going to go down versus, you know, um, we, you, you, I would much rather have quality than quantity blogs. So when I, at, when I suggest to people try to at least blog and put content out at least two times a week. When I started and we were talking about mistakes, right? I was trying to post three times a week. It was ridiculous. It was too much. <laughs> well, you had mentioned the quality, but I imagine it just gets hard to keep up with as well. Yes, very much so. And I think the biggest thing too is that coaches need to ask their athletes that they're coaching now and their potential clients, "Hey, what are you all interested of learning about?" And then that's when you if you survey your audience on a yearly basis or every 6 months, that's where you can get your content and where you can get your blogs and where you can figure out about writing. And if and here's the thing, if people hate writing, then do video. And if people hate video, then do writing um, or, you know, jump on a podcast or interview people, that type of thing. There's so many options for coaches to provide content to potential athletes. You'd mentioned um, when you were starting out, there were so many different things. You were trying to do everything. And so with this content piece, it it might be a little scary because you're putting in all this time and essentially just giving this stuff away. So what is the benefit of that? What might a coach hope to gain by providing this free, essentially free, free content? 
a client, a potential athlete? I think, you know, I, I think the biggest thing about online marketing or online, you know, trying to market yourself out there, you're not going to go in for the kill right away, right? You know, think about you're going out on a date with your your husband, your wife, or your potential partner, or whatever that might be. You're not going to go in and be like, hey, nice to meet you. Can I have a kiss? You know, like it's it's the exact same thing as being a coach. You're not going to jump on social media and be like, hey, I'm a coach. Can you want to hire me? You can't do that. You've got to um, really get to get those potential clients need to get to know you. So yeah, throw out free content and, and don't be scared. I mean, if somebody takes it, you know, oh, well, let them take it. That's not your issue. That's their issue. So throw it out there. Put yourself out there. It's okay. I'm not going to steal your stuff and vice versa. I guess kind of what I've seen in my experience is a lot of times the newer coaches are the ones that are more afraid to share information. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're kind of guarding it. But I've seen that the more experienced coaches that over time you you realize how much you don't know, don't or know, how little yeah. you know, mm -hmm. you know, and so so you're you're wanting to share, but also you, prior to the podcast, you and I were talking about operating in a vacuum and how great it is to be able to talk to other coaches Correct. and hear what they're doing. Correct. And so so you not on your website, you not only offer things for athletes, but you also have resources for coaches as well. Is that correct? I I, I do. I uh, last year at the conference with y'all, I realized that it was, you know, something that needed to be done and really help coaches. So, you know, prior to this, I was doing blogs and stuff like that for athletes. But once a month, now I am blogging for coaches and just talking about different tips and tricks that, um, you know, um, talking maybe about taxes or talking about, you know, ways to market yourself, things like that. I do try to, I, I do once a month blogs for coaches. Correct. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. And that can be found at jenrulon.com. That's right. And I'm actually revamping my website. So stay tuned. I'm calling it jenrulon 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. No. And I was going to say when coaches are all concerned about, oh my God, they're going to steal my stuff. Guess what? 10 by 100 with a 10 second rest isn't new to anybody. You know, like if you have a fun swim workout that you put together, but you want to protect it, don't, pre don't protect it, throw it out there. And then the cool thing is, is that as a coach, I might say, oh my God, that's a great workout. I'm going to use that. And then somebody will be like, oh, where, where did you get that? Oh, I got that from coach Bobby. You know, like it, it's, it's nothing's new in this in in our world, and um, it's just how you package it and throw it out there is new. But I'm pretty sure that I'm the one that came up with two by twenty, so <laughs> I've, got, I've got that trademarked. Um, so, in addition to the free content that's available on your site, do you have are there any books that you recommend or any podcasts you listen to regularly that you would recommend? Um, I am a huge fan of Gary Vanderchuk. And if you don't know Gary V, start listening to him today. He will drop the F-bomb, the S-bomb, you <laughs> name it. But the dude is so passionate about how to help other entrepreneurs. 
uh, build their brand and really grow. And he's all about free content too. He's great. So Gary Vanderchuk is a great podcast. I think Lewis Howes is a very great, good podcast, just about learning how to be a better, um, better human being. And then, of course, Tim Ferriss, if you guys have heard of Tim Ferriss. And then book-wise, uh, Gary Vanderchuk, Crush It, is phenomenal as well. And I, I love that you just talked. So Gary Vanderchuk is for entrepreneurs. Correct. correct? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, and, and it's a really interesting distinction in that a lot of coaches maybe don't view themselves as entrepreneurs. Oh, right? And I think, I think that's so important. And I know mm-hmm. um, Joe Frill he when he had his coaching business he always had coaches read the e myth which he yeah. stood for entrepreneur and the premise is that we get into coaching because we enjoy the craft of it right. but in order to grow you need to find other uh technologists i guess so that you can step back and be the entrepreneur and grow that business yes that's a great book and so what would be your advice like you said in the beginning you were trying to get yourself out there things like that what about these coaches that are maybe still on the cusp they haven't made the leap yet to becoming full-time coach and that's pretty scary right if i've got a full-time job that pays well and Mm -hmm. i've got insurance but i really love coaching what are some steps i might be able to take to bridge that gap That's a great question. I think the biggest thing that you have to recognize is that your coaching, if you want to become a coach, a triathlon coach, you're not making it a hobby. You're making it as your business. So you have to switch the mindset of, I don't want to be a hobby coach anymore. I want to be a triathlon coach. I want to be a business owner because that's what's exactly what you're going to be. And so what does being a business owner look like? Oh, a lot of hard work. <laughs> um, I feel like the triathlon coaching is the easy part. And usually what happens in my world and my weeks, I usually do all my stuff on training peaks on Friday and, you know, shoot out everybody's at workouts. But all during the week, I'm working on the behind the scenes. I'm working on the business. So I'm working on the accounting I'm working on the marketing piece. I'm working on social media. I'm working out, uh, working on new, um, new platforms to grow or build my brand to help other coaches. So I'm, I'm out there as a entrepreneur, not as a triathlon coach. Right. And that, that can be pretty scary. It's very scary. Yes. <laughs> when you were looking to leave your other job, you knew that you wanted to be a triathlon coach. Did it was it did you just know like, oh, these were the things that I needed to do? Or did you take that leap and learned it over time? No, I took a leap. I took a leap of faith because I started coaching, like I said, I got my USAT coaching cert in two thousand one and I was doing full time I was a f I had a full time job up until two thousand nine was when so eight years And then that's when I realized, okay, I really want to be a triathlon coach. I want to figure this out. And my husband and I talked about it and we, we wrote out a plan and we like, okay, you're going to go to back to school, blah, blah, blah. And when I was looking for like a job to become, you know, to work somewhere and all that stuff, I realized, wait a minute, I can make my own job. I can have my own business. And that's when generalon.com came up. And it was interesting. It was 2012. I was uh, sitting on the Kona Pier while the gun went off at uh, Hawaii and my husband was out there and 
it was like literally that gun went off and a light bulb went out off because I was like, why am I trying to work for everybody else when I could actually be working for myself? Because that's what I wanted to do. So, yeah. And with all the other stuff you have going on, how do you find time to train? I make time to train because that's a priority for me in my life. And I, I am a coach. But I, I am also a coach that walks the walk and talks the talk. And that's just who I am. And is that part of the marketing piece as well? Do you feel like, do you feel like that helps you in putting yourself out there? 100% it does. Because I can, I can talk about being an athlete and I could talk about like just last night, I jumped in the pool for the first time in like over three weeks. And I literally had a conversation with the swimming pool um, before I jumped in. And I explain, and I talk to people about that on Instagram and people are like, oh my God, I do the same thing. You know, like people love to see that you are human, that there are days where you don't want to train. There are days where you're going to crush your run, but then there's days where you're going to call it quits, you know? Um, So yeah, 100% being an athlete has helped me tremendously being a coach. And somebody, when I first started my business, someone said to me, well, you should pull back, you know, being an athlete and focus on your business. And I said, but being an athlete is my business. And do you, how do you leverage that? Are you, aside from connecting with your potential clients and saying, you know, showing that you have the same struggles they do, how do you leverage, let's say, great performances and results to attract new athletes? I don't know how I leverage it. I think I just, I, I think I talk about, you know, after I did Kona, here I'm thinking, oh my God, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to get clients. But I did it. You know, I mean, I think people saw more of my struggle at Ironman Florida as a as a win than I saw it. You know, like uh, I had a flat tire two minutes on into the bike at Ironman Florida. And it took me 25 minutes to change the flat because I, I'm not an expert at changing flats. You know, let's Let's be real. So I think that's where people saw the realness <laughs> of me. They, you know, here I was thinking, oh my God, I'm in Kona, you know, my 28 year old dream. I finally made it. I finally got those words, you know, Mike Riley asking me if I wanted to go to Kona. But I think the, I got more of the more feedback on struggling than I did on a win. And I imagine that you're posting, like, if you are on the podium, if you are, it's things like that. But it's interesting to hear you say that maybe that's not what people connect with as much as you struggling to change a tire. And so my next question to you would be, for myself, sometimes it's hard to, I'd almost be afraid to put that stuff out there because I almost feel like there's this pressure as a coach that you need to be the expert in everything. You need to be a physiologist and bike fitter and (laughs) psychologist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, expert tire changer. <laughs> and so I would like me personally, I might be afraid to put something out there like that, but you found right. that people connected with that. 100%. I think it's this is something that I talk about in the course that I that I do. Um you have to you have to be vulnerable. You have to get get out there and be vulnerable and that could be a very scary thing. Especially for coaches that maybe have a little bit bigger ego, um, you know, you have to just be like, you know what, I messed up. And, you know, somebody asked me, they go, what would you have done differently going into Ironman Florida? 
I'm like, well, I would have asked the hurricane not to come. Um, <laughs> you know, th- that's the one thing I could have taught, you know, talk to the universe. But, um, you know, I said I would have practiced fixing a flat tire, but I mean, but honestly, like last flat tire I had in a race was like 2003. So, you know, I just, um, I think getting out there and being vulnerable and being open to, to just throwing yourself out there is, is the key that I've seen on social media. That is a perfect takeaway. So um, we only have a few minutes left here um, before I let you mm-hmm. go. Um, you mentioned a course. Yes. Is that a course for coaches? It is. It is. Where might they find that? Yeah. So it's on my website. I am doing, it's called Master Your Coaching Business. And so I have a course and I have a program. So the course is an eight-week course that you could just dive in and do it yourself. It's sort of, it's like do it on your own type of thing. I give you all a whole bunch of content. We talk about the niche. We talk about social media. We talk about website. We talk about everything on that. That's your do it yourself. And then the program that I have is that you'll get the course, but you'll get me as accountability as well. So we'll get to talk every couple weeks. We'll do an onboarding, you know, really dive in and dig deep about your your coaching business and really about what you want to achieve. And that's going to be a three month uh, program. It's something new that, and I'm, I'm really loving it. Very cool. That's awesome. Thanks Dave. Um, so that sounds like a great course. Um, do you have any sort of special promotion or anything for the podcast listeners? I do. I normally charge uh, $5.97 for that eight week do it yourself course, but I would love to get more people into that program, into that course. So I will actually do $100 off um, with the code MYCBTP. So think about Master Your Coaching Business Training Peaks. So MYCBTP, $100 off. Very cool. And I'm sure everybody will appreciate that. And we will put it in the show notes as well with a link to that um, course for them. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for that. Um, thank you. We've talked about so much over the last 30 minutes or so. Let's say that I've just did my coaching certification recently or mm-hmm. that I've been coaching for a couple of years, but I've been the hobby coach and I'm ready to take it to the next step. What should that next step be mm-hmm. for me? Jump. <laughs> you know, I, I honestly, like, I think, I think a lot of us are we deal with fear a lot because it's the fear of failure. And I think people don't trust in why they're doing what they're doing. And so I say, jump, take the leap and, and you won't look back. Okay. That's a scary prospect, but, but I can see how it'd be beneficial. I I mean, I get emotional just thinking about that jump that I took. I mean, I took, I left my dream job. I left a full-time job with benefits. Um, and it, you know, it got to a point where it wasn't a dream anymore. And I was like, how can I get to 10,000 triathletes to cross the finish line with a smile? And I was like, I need to start my own business. Let's do this. And I, and I had a, I have a wonderful husband that supports me as well. So that helps too. I feel like that's a common theme. I've heard from several coaches now and, and one, um, I'm thinking that just did this a couple of years ago, but Joe Frill, same thing. He was a teacher at the time and he realized mm-hmm. that he really enjoyed the coaching and he, and he had a running store as well. And so it was like for him, he 
came up with a number that this is how many coaches or how many athletes I need if I was going yep. to make a living. Um, another coach was a teacher in um, the UK, same thing. And he decided he didn't want to teach anymore. And so he basically forced himself. He took that leap and quit his job. And it was basically, if he didn't make it, he wasn't going to eat. And so, I, right. yeah, I think, I think not having that safety net maybe is that uh, catalyst that you need sometimes. Right, right. And, you know, I mean, that's the thing. We, my husband and I sat down and we said, all right, you know, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And he's like, okay, here you go. You know, let's do it. And, you know, I mean, there's times where I'm like, um, I need to borrow money. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's scary. You know, I mean, it, it was scary. It was, it was, it wasn't fun. It was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? You know? And, but when I realized I was just doing too much, and when I got really focused on who I wanted to serve, then that was when things happened. And now for the next level, let's say that there's a coach who has been coaching full time, but they've just been kind of maintaining, mm-hmm. you, you know, they're doing just enough to get by. What would be your advice for them to take it to the next level for them? Hire a business coach. <laughs> sh- 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 shameless plug. Fantastic. <laughs> And here's the thing. It doesn't have to be me either. Like there are so many great business coaches out there that really know how to do the online space as well, you know, but I mean, yeah, if you're doing this for, if you've been doing this for a while, I would start looking to work with either other coaches or look at ways to start automating things that people can buy from you. So I wrote so many blogs about strength training. that that was the biggest thing that a lot of people asked me about because I had that CrossFit background and I had that, you know, that master's degree. Um, I started putting together a book and I put together a book. And so every month Amazon sends me like nine, 10 bucks a month, but Hey, it's something, you know? Right. So no, but I, I do think uh, coaches need coaches, right? Um, I'm a triathlon coach. I have my own coach for my triathlon coaching, you know, um, cause I don't want to coach myself, but, um, but I do think people also need to get help and, and it's accountability is always nice too. Right. And that, that's what I was just thinking as you were saying that you have a triathlon coach, a mm-hmm. big part of that. It's not that you don't know what to do. It's the accountability I think is a big part of that. 100%. Yeah. And that's the big thing about the program, like the course that I have, is just you do it yourself. But the program is me keeping you accountable right. with that course as well. Yeah. That's invaluable. Yep. Well, thank you very much for your time. I know that I got a bunch of takeaways from that. We will add notes to the show notes with links and the code for the course. Thanks for joining us and look for more from Jen Rulon in the coming months. Sounds good. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. Hey guys, Dave Shell here again, and we hope that you enjoyed our talk with Jen Rulon. As Jen mentioned, she created a special code so you can get 20% off the Master Your Coaching Business course. You can find that at jenrulon.com forward slash coachcast and then enter MYCBTP. So Master Your Coaching Business Training Peaks, MYCBTP. Also, if you've been enjoying the CoachCast, please go and leave a review. And if you want to learn about other topics, 
go ahead and tweet us at at trainingpeaks.com. Until next time.